This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. Time now for some mathematical drama. I'm Professor Marcus de Sotoy, and this podcast of episode eight of A Brief History of Mathematics, first broadcast on BBC Radio Four, is all about Henri Poincaré and the mathematics of chaos. It's every mathematician's nightmare. Henri Poincaré had checked every step in his argument. He'd just been awarded a handsome mathematical prize from King Oscar II of Sweden. His paper was being typeset, ready for publication. Then, one of the editors raised a question about one of the steps in his proof. Poincaré looked again, and realised he'd made a serious mistake. He wrote to the head of the prize committee, Mitagleffler, hoping to limit the damage. I will not conceal from you the distress this discovery has caused me. I do not know if you will still think that the results which remain deserve the great reward that you have given them. In any case, I can do no more than to confess my confusion to a friend as loyal as you. I will write to you at length when I can see things more clearly. It was embarrassing, but this unfortunate error later led Poincaré to an astonishing mathematical conclusion. There are certain problems out there in the world for which mathematics cannot predict the solution. The universe may be written in a mathematical language, as Galileo said, but that doesn't necessarily make it predictable. The mathematics that Poincaré described gave rise to the so-called butterfly effect. The notion that a butterfly flapping its wings in, say, West Africa, makes tiny changes in the atmosphere that can cause a tornado in Tokyo. It's the reason weather forecasting is highly unpredictable. I do feel a little bit better in the fact that there is a fairly solid mathematical reason why we don't always get the forecast 100% accurate. And that is all down to the chaos theory, really. The mathematics of chaos may not sound like a terribly helpful concept for solving scientific problems, but it does have its uses. We now know that there's chaos at the heart of many natural systems, from ant populations to the beat of your heart, from the weather to our solar system. And it's used by astronomers today to help answer all sorts of questions about the future of our universe. We know that the Earth's been hit by asteroids in the past, and a very small change in, let's say, our knowledge of the orbit of that asteroid can make all the difference between the Earth getting hit and our species being wiped out and the Earth escaping completely unharmed. So it is extremely practical right, right to this day to know what chaos is. A brief history of mathematics with Marcus de Sotoy. Henri Poincaré is one of the giants of French mathematics. Like most of his contemporaries in the late 19th century, he started life believing in a clockwork universe, a universe that was governed by mathematical laws and utterly predictable. And in this sense, as you may have heard earlier in this brief history of mathematics, his approach was not unlike that of Sir Isaac Newton 200 years before. But this time, the relationship between mathematics and science proved to be a little less straightforward. In 1885, King Oscar II of Sweden and Norway decided to mark his 60th birthday by offering a mathematical prize. Three eminent mathematicians were convened to choose an appropriate mathematical challenge and to judge the entries. The question they posed was, 
can we establish mathematically whether the solar system will continue turning like clockwork? Or is it possible that at some point in the future, the Earth might spiral off into space and disappear from our solar system? Poincaré decided that he had the skills to attack it. But as he began to investigate the mathematics of the solar system, he found himself heading into incredibly difficult mathematical territory. To simplify things somewhat, Poincaré began by considering a solar system with just two planets. Isaac Newton had already proved that their orbits would be stable. And from here, he began to explore what happens when another planet is added into the equation. The trouble is, as soon as you have three bodies in a system, the Earth, Moon and Sun, for example, the question of whether their orbits are stable gets very complicated indeed, so much so that it stumped even the mighty Newton. To consider simultaneously all these causes of motion and to define these motions by exact laws admitting of easy calculation exceeds, if I am not mistaken, the force of any human mind. Undeterred, Poincaré set to work, and though he couldn't crack the problem completely, the paper he submitted on the so-called three-body problem was more than good enough to secure King Oscar's prize. Gaston Darbeau, the permanent secretary of the French Academy of Sciences, declared, From that moment on, the name of Henri Poincaré became known to the public, who then became accustomed to regarding our colleague no longer as a mathematician of particular promise, but as a great scholar of whom France has the right to be proud. Preparations began to publish Poincaré's solution in a special edition of the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences journal Acta Mathematica. And it was at this point that the dreaded error in Poincaré's paper came to light. Poincaré telegraphed Mittagleffler to break the bad news and tried to stop the paper from being printed. Publishing an erroneous paper in honour of the king would have caused a furore. Mittagleffler was extremely perplexed to hear the news. It is not that I doubt that your memoir will be regarded as a work of genius by the majority of geometers and that it will be the departure point for all future efforts in celestial mechanics. Don't therefore think that I regret the prize. But here is the worst of it. Your letter arrived too late, and the memoir has already been distributed. Mittagleffler's reputation was on the line for not having picked up the error before they publicly awarded Poincaré the prize. Please don't say a word of this lamentable story to anyone. I'll give you all the details tomorrow. And the next few weeks were spent trying to retrieve the printed copies without raising suspicion about the embarrassing mistake. Mittagleffler, head of the judges, suggested that Poincaré should pay for the printing of the original version. Poincaré, who was mortified, agreed, even though the bill came to over 3,500 crowns, a thousand crowns more than the prize he'd originally won. Then, like any diligent, or should I say obsessive, mathematician, Poincaré set about trying to sort out his mistake, trying to understand where and why he'd gone wrong. And what he realised was this. It simply isn't OK to approximate in the way he had suggested. His assumption that a small change in the initial starting conditions would only result in a small change in the outcome was wrong. Professor of Mathematics and Astronomy, Carl Murray. Poincaré was able to show that you could have a system that could be really quite simply defined, and yet that very simple system could produce extremely complicated motion that you could, you could understand, but that you could not predict. And that's a radical, radical departure. In 1890, Poincaré wrote a second extended paper explaining his belief 
that very small changes could cause an apparently stable system suddenly to fly apart. What Poincaré discovered, thanks to his error, led to one of the most important mathematical concepts of the last century. Chaos. Now, chaos, as Poincaré proved, isn't the mathematics of randomness or probability. A chaotic system is still controlled by strict mathematical equations, but, and this was the big surprise, a very small change in the starting conditions can lead to vastly different outcomes. This radical new idea had a massive impact on many, many different areas of science, from how the population of lemmings vary over time to the beat of your heart, and not least in understanding our universe. Before the advent of digital computing in the late 1970s, most astronomers were unaware of the mathematics of Poincaré. I remember an example when I was a research student and uh, an unusual object had been found in the outer solar system called Object Coal, which was subsequently named Chiron. And it was moving between the planets. And my supervisor said, I want you to run the numerical model and find out, you know, does it get close to Jupiter or Saturn? Where did it come from? And so on. So I took the best orbit that was available, ran the model and got an answer. But then he put some new, slightly different data into the same computer model. I looked again at the same integration and got a completely different result. And being a young research student, I assumed that it was my fault, that my program didn't work. And, of course, what I hadn't grasped was that I was looking at something that was sensitively dependent on the initial conditions. Now that everybody would realise uh, in, in the field as an example of chaotic motion. But in the, in the late 1970s, people working on celestial mechanics and trying to understand how the solar system worked were just totally unaware of Poincaré's work. And that was an important lesson for me. And the mathematics of that goes right back to Poincaré. Today, every astronomer appreciates the chaos inherent in our universe, thanks to Poincaré's mathematics. I spent most of this brief history of mathematics waxing lyrical about the power of mathematics to predict what will happen next. Now, I'm forced to admit, there are limits to even our ability as mathematicians to predict certain things. Not least, the weather. To put it simply, the weather and the atmosphere is in theory what we call a deterministic system. So if we knew the exact present state of the weather at every single point on the Earth's surface and in the atmosphere, then we'd be able to predict the weather completely accurately. But in reality, of course, that's never going to be the case. We're never going to know what the weather's doing at every single point in the atmosphere. Weather forecaster Sarah Keith Lucas. The Met Office receives half a million observations a day from weather stations around the world. And they use these observations to estimate, as best they can, the conditions at any particular point on the planet. They have immensely precise equations to describe how the clashing air masses in the atmosphere interact to create clouds, wind and rainfall. And the supercomputers that model the weather are some of the biggest in the world. But... Because they lack initial data that is 100% accurate, these forecasts will never be totally reliable. In fact, the mathematics of Poincaré says that even very small differences in the starting conditions can lead to radically different outcomes. A butterfly in West Africa can affect the rainfall in Tokyo. So in order to try and get round this problem, forecasters run as many computer programmes as possible each with slightly different starting conditions to try and work out the most likely outcome. 
It's impossible to prove with mathematical certainty what the weather will do next. So we have to rely on computing power instead. The mix of weather observations and data that we've assimilated all gets put into our supercomputer, which churns out something like 125 trillion calculations per second, which is fairly mind-boggling. And we do something called an ensemble prediction, which is basically where we start off with very slightly differing starting conditions. For instance, the pressure or the winds might be different. We input that into the model many, many times and the model generates lots of different forecasts of what's going to happen with our weather in the future. So then we compare all those multiple different forecasts and we have a look at what's going to happen. Sometimes at four or five days ahead, there'll be very similar outcomes. Other times, they'll be wildly different. That's uh, the nature of the chaos theory. Poincaré showed that it's not always so easy to apply mathematical models to the chaos that is reality. He showed that for certain systems, even us mathematicians can't always come up with an answer. Poincaré's struggle to answer King Oscar's question led to an extraordinary and humbling mathematical revelation. And in case you're still wondering if our solar system is stable, the latest computer models suggest something quite sobering. Despite thousands of years of stability, it is possible that a small disturbance by a rogue asteroid could be enough to send our solar system spiralling apart. Poincaré was awarded King Oscar's Prize for a bit of mathematics that was wrong, but this led him to an even greater and more interesting result. Even the history of mathematics, it seems is at times a little chaotic. Thanks for listening to this podcast from BBC Radio 4 with me, Marcus de Sotoy. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget you can collect the whole set, all 10 episodes of A Brief History of Mathematics, as well as the terms and conditions, can be found at bbc.co.uk forward slash podcasts.